of the Grizz Den podcast. We are jumping on right after the conclusion of game three where the Grizzlies came back from down 26 to win. Wait, we won? To 95. If you turn the game off, I uh, you j- just missed like the greatest comeback in the history of the Grizzlies. Um, 104 to 95. It was a, tr- I mean... A grit and grind game, but in the weirdest way possible. I mean, we were down 20 twice in this game. Two um, separate times. Two separate times we were down by 20. Once in the first half, once in the second half. I, it's the third largest comeback in playoff history. Unbelievable. We, uh, we were hosting a watch party tonight, and about 10 minutes in, I wanted to tell everyone to leave. No offense if you were there. If you were there and you're listening to this podcast, I'm sorry, but it's true. It felt like that type of game where they should all have left. Us... That's on them. They should be aware. That's, They're like Carl Anthony Towns when it comes to awareness. They weren't aware at all. <laughs> Listen, I wanted to tell them to leave three different times, and then this Grizzlies team just kept coming back. They did not give up. The Wolves just completely collapsed. I mean, unbelievable win. And the Grizzlies take a 2-1 series lead in the least probable way possible. Um, we were all not – we were not together for this game. Uh, but I, I believe we are all just sort of in shock dealing with the emotion. We have not even prepped for this at all. We just jumped right <laughs> on after this. Because Can't we all, emphasize we all, we, we how little we prepped. prepped. We yeah. always prep. Because <laughs> yeah. we always do prep. Yeah. All right. So let's dive in. Uh, what were the – just like initial takeaways after this win. I don't even care who starts. Just go. Uh, Ty. My favorite part of all of it is I, I showed y'all this this uh, quote from Jenkins after the game. Quote, I don't really know how we did it. <laughs> what That's honesty. That's my favorite part. Yeah. That's unbelievable. I also just like, oh so like our like just, little text. Our little text I don't know. Thread. What do you mean you don't know? What are you talking about? Our little text there. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Go. Okay. Ty's like frozen. Our little our little Sorry. text. <laughs> our little text thread. Like I guess we were like in that like nineteen to four run or whatever. Whenever Jaron picked up his fifth foul, I just I, I, I let's just say I dropped some expletives. It was like at the beginning of that thread uh, of that run. And he went out, and then we went on the run, and not we did not text until the game ended. We were like, we are not. I don't know what happened. I had me, my phone down. It was a all, conscious decision. I yeah. said, I'm not looking at my phone. I'm not checking any stats. I do not know how many turnovers John Morant has, but I know it's a lot, and I'm frustrated with him because he just played his worst game ever. And then I looked at the stats, and he had a triple double at the end of this game. And it was the first triple double in Memphis Grizzlies playoff history. And I was like, how do we want to commemorate this for John Morant? He just played, an, honestly, one of his worst games ever, and he would be the first to say it. And I just don't even know how this happened. Desmond Bain was just essential in this game. Tyus Jones, Brandon Clark off the bench. Honestly, let's start from the top. They started Kyle Anderson. They did not go with Steven Adams. 
I thought that was an interesting decision. We had mentioned it on the podcast. And about a few minutes in, I just noticed that the rebounding margin was just totally in favor of the Timberwolves. And it could have been a product of the crowd. It was probably a product, though, of Carl Anthony Towns being the biggest guy on the floor. And I remember I I texted in our thread, like, Tillman, to me, would have made a little bit more sense than Kyle, even though I love Kyle uh, there in that spot. And Jaron... Just, I mean, a complete no-show in this game, and it's unbelievable how we we were able to pull this out without Jaron. So, I mean, what were your first, like, instincts when you saw that starting lineup and then saw how it played out? Like, what what, what were your thoughts? I, I was obviously excited for the starting lineup. I mean, I, I'm with you, though. The rebounding margin have, was a big deal. I mean, but they just, you know, credit the, the, the Wolves to start in that first quarter and to start the second half, they brought this defensive intensity that they couldn't keep up. Right, but the intensity defensively, it like really messed with us. And top of that with the fact with a couple of their players being really aggressive offensively that I think really took us off guard, mainly like Pat Bev. Um, and even Vanderbilt, I think, really came out of like guns blazing in a way that sort of set this different tone that I that sort of helped catalyze their run to start and catalyze the run in the second half. It was we we really didn't have an answer for the physicality piece of it, and and they couldn't they they couldn't or they didn't maintain it. And that I mean that's one of the big stories of the whole game to me was just we we sort of just like held in there and took, we were kind of like Rocky, I guess, like taking all these licks and just stayed steady and they couldn't maintain the big blows. That's how would you think this is going to be a horrible reference, but I have to, cause it's the first thing I thought of. Do y'all remember when tiger, of course you remember when tiger won the masters in 2019, he was just like, I'm just going to do my thing. I want to be steady and I'm going to let everyone else fall apart. Literally. That's what we did. We just like stuck with it. We were steady and we didn't like do anything amazing to like, we didn't hit like six threes in a row or get like, we didn't do anything wild. We literally just chipped, chipped, chipped. And we, I love what, I don't know if y'all watch the TNT broadcast or the, um, the Bally broadcast, but Brevin said, it's a lot, it's really easy to make shots when you're up 20. It's a lot tougher to make shots when you're up five with five minutes left. That was just like, Literally, to me, that explains what happened to the Wolves. Their butt holes got so tight that they couldn't do anything. And we just stayed steady. Like, it was pretty amazing how steady we were. Even Ja played a horrible game. But he kept, like, every time we needed a possession, he would go get the ball. And he was like, I want the ball. Give me the ball. He made some huge plays down the stretch. His dump-offs to B.C., that sick lefty wraparound to Bain. Oh my gosh. Like the balls to make that pass in that moment, Tyus being as huge as he was. And we we're going to do apologies later. I'm sure. But led by me, Brandon, I'm gonna lead Brandon Clark, <laughs> Brandon Clark. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? I've always believed <laughs> this is true. This is unbelievable. Yeah. And Dylan's step back on Towns I mean, with <laughs> I mean, okay, that was Unreal. the most ridiculous shot of the Unreal. night. Unreal. The most ridiculous shot of the night. Let me read off this real quick. Gosh. The quarter by quarter scoring margins. 
39 to 21 in the first quarter. Then 23 to 12 Grizzlies in the second quarter. Third quarter, 32 to 23 Timberwolves and then 37 to 12 in the fourth quarter. Unbelievable. Can you imagine right now being a Timberwolves fan? I mean, mm-hmm. would you Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can. It's happened yeah, it happened to me. <laughs> it happened. Okay, yeah, we we absolutely can. You're exactly right. We exercise a lot of demons tonight, but like leaving it probably like right into the fourth quarter when they're up 20 to go to the bars a little bit early like how many fans just are just going home right now in disbelief that's just a beautiful thing I, and, beautiful. and another thing this isn't an apology tour necessarily because we sort of talked about him on on our pod i was that last night or two nights ago i don't know whenever it was but like with like I'm just going to credit Jenkins a little bit. I mean, he has that quote that's hilarious. It won because he played the players that were working. He didn't force this deep bench rotation mentality. Melton sucked again. That I mean, it was a moment when everybody was sucking, sort of. But, like, he had zero points. He was even worse than normal playoff Melton, which is saying a lot. And he didn't see the court again. He only played seven minutes. He didn't come back in. And, I, like, look, you know, you look at sort of the minute-by-minute breakdown, Brooks, Ja, Bain, um, all, like, right at the 40-minute mark of uh, minutes for the game. Clark had, like, right at 30. Kyle had 26. I mean, those were the guys that were working for us, and we rolled with them. That That, when you look at sort of, like, how we were able to make a comeback – Ultimately, it was like we we stuck there, and then the guys that stepped in when those guys were off, aka Tyus, they brought their stones and they made an impact. They weren't dead weight. It's huge. I mean, because when you're when you're starting point guard, he had seven turnovers in this game, and they were all like they weren't just those turnovers that are meaningless. Like, each one was in a point in the game where you really needed to make something happen, and he would drive in the lane, and somebody would get a hand in, and he would lose the ball. Tyus, I mean, he had a turnover tonight, but, like, the fact that he's a point guard we can rely on to come in and actually stabilize the game, and then he ended up hitting the three that gave us our first lead of the game. I mean, just, like, the the work that he and BC did tonight off the bench can't I mean, you cannot overstate the impact that it had. And then Desmond Bain being the guy that at some point in the first quarter, I was like, I really don't know who else I want shooting the ball besides Desmond Bain. Because Jaron doesn't have it. Ja doesn't have it. Dylan doesn't have it. And Kyle's just in there to facilitate and to rebound and do the dirty work. Bain, you're just going to have to carry us. Yeah. And at some point in the t- in, in the first half, I remember saying to the people around me, like, I just want it to be within 10 at the end of the first half, and it ended totally. up being within 7. And it was because of Desmond Bain and his effort. And um, we got a little bit lucky. I mean, the Timberwolves at the end of the game especially just couldn't hit a shot. And we, we had some calls on our side uh, with Cat being in foul trouble. But at the same time, I mean, guys – Jaron Jackson Jr., I feel like, has not played a complete game in this series. Even game two. No, he didn't. Felt a little bit limited. He got garbage in, like, in that game. When are, exactly. When are we going to see Jaron like, play? Like, yeah, man. He's been a no-show. He's been a no-show. It, 
he's and and because of doing like just stupid stuff, like like he he can settle down and and stay in the game if he just like thinks a little bit, you know, like. He just this. It's like the speed of the playoffs. He hasn't been able to figure out how to connect his brain to it yet, like how maybe he did in the regular season, where he. I mean, he still like led the league in fouls, but it, it was still a little bit better than maybe previous previous seasons. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean that's a huge storyline. I mean, we pulled this off, but like if we advance this series, we gotta have him in the next series. If we're gonna take another leap, it's it's a real it's a real problem, and I mean like, but at the same time, to your point on Bain, like John and Dylan go nine for thirty two tonight, and we win nine for thirty two. <laughs> Gosh, Bain shot I mean, we fifteen scored, threes. If you told 15. me that we. If we if you told me we were gonna score hundred and four points, I would tell you we were losing nine times out of ten. Like the fact that they scored ninety-five points, I mean, this is as much a Grizzlies victory as it is a Wolves loss in my Total. opinion. Oh, like, more so. Absolutely more so. They just completely collapsed. And I think it shows like the the fortitude of having those scars and just like the the fact that you really do have to go through this, and I don't know what's going to happen in game four because their crowd was a big factor in this game, especially in the first half. I mean, it was unbelievable to see Patrick Beverly actually making an impact on the offensive end and doing a, like, you're too small celebration when it was three to nothing. Like, I was laughing at Patrick Beverly, Beverly in that moment, but then I stopped laughing when they got up by 26 because I was like, this is working somehow. Um, so I think we just bought ourselves a little bit of uh, slack in game four, but I would I would really, really love for us to build off of this and actually come out and shoot well in the first half of, of game four and then come home game five and put this away. Because I think now, I mean, you got to think it's going to take them digging really, really deep to come back in game four and uh, – you have to imagine that Ja cannot play worse. Jaron cannot play worse than he played tonight. Uh, yeah. Guys, what are you looking for in game four now, Saturday? Um, I mean, do we have any excuse not to win at this point? I mean, no. Uh, I think Brantley's point that you made earlier, a lot. it feels like a lot of the things they're doing are kind of unsustainable. Like, the whole Pat Bev point. Like, at the end of the game, we forced him to take a bunch of jumpers. No way they're going in. We, like, forced him to make plays down the – yeah, he had a couple, like, you know, five-minute stretch to start the game, but that's not going to continue. Like, Anthony Edwards take – like, yes, sometimes he's going to make these really tough shots, but they're all really tough shots. Yeah. Like, it's going to be hard for him to shoot a decent percentage when we're forcing these shots. I just feel like the things that they are doing – Yes, at times they're going to work for sure. But again, over a series, I feel like that's that's going to be hard to sustain. Game four, I feel like right now, I feel like there's like blood in the water and Jaw is like sniffing it for sure. Like he's he's swimming downstream like he's coming. And I feel like he is probably just as mad after the game that he played 
Um, he's already been chirping on Twitter. I'll let y'all take a look at that after the pod. It's pretty phenomenal. <laughs> I'm gonna need a breakdown. Like, take a look right yo, now. No, what's the breakdown? It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Why, um, why, but I just feel like game four. Go no, ahead. no, no, no. Game four. Keep going. Keep going. No, I just, I just feel like, I feel like we, we have to punch, we have to punch him in the mouth, right out of the gate end it quickly and be like, okay, this, this series is officially over. Yeah. A Um, a team, a team, like what just happened to the wolves? Like, like there, there are very few teams that can recover from that. Um, in my opinion, like now maybe they can and they'll show something. It's every, anything, anything is possible last night. They're fragile though. Like cat, yes, we like, talked about they are breakable. Cat, They're breakable. Cat is a weak-minded person. Like on the court, he's like Jaron. He, he, both of them to me have this like incredible gift set that their mental approach to the game doesn't allow them to tap into. And I hate to compare the two of them, but like they were going back and forth trading for dumbest fouls of the night. And doing totally. it to one another and and having similar reactions to the refs. I'm like, Jaron, that was a foul, dude. Like, quit bitching. Like, come on. Like, just chill out and play the game. And then, I mean, the interesting thing, like, you know, Jaron had these moments where he still at the end of the game impacted it, right? He had some crazy blocks. He, did, he had He sure. went after some yep. loose balls. He hit a three. That's why we need him in hit the game. We almost yep. like, dude, the, tonight – for game four, moving forward, tonight showed you that Bain is our two. He's our number two. Score in the playoffs, he's our guy. Like, that's what bothered me so much about game one, being worried. Like, they shut him down. He couldn't get good looks. He wasn't getting shots in, in rhythm. And tonight was a little tonight was a little different. So, I'm, to, to Ty's point, I'm looking for the Wolves to be fragile. First, they come out ready to stomp bring it back and close it out in game five and in a five game series and get ready for the warriors, man, because here's the other thing too, to your point on Edwards game one, dude was looking like, like LeBron, like he was the next LeBron totally games two and three. He looked like Rudy gay. I yep. think he's more great. Point. He's more like Rudy great gay. point tubs. That's yeah. Great. Great comparison. Um, I love the point you made. I think we need to restructure Jaron's role right now for this team. He's not our number two offensive player, Mm-mm. and he doesn't need to try to be. Mm-mm. That role is taken. Yeah, Jaron needs to like morph into like a more, and he, I, and I, maybe like the coaching staff doesn't view him as that. Maybe it's just like fans putting pressure on him to like be the number two guy because that's like what we hope for him. But like his role right now should be playing amazing defense, which he's doing. He fouls too much, obviously. And offensively, just kind of like do some little things. Hit an open three. Get some offensive re- rebounds. Like just do the little things on offense. Don't look to try to like – be this guy who creates a lot, takes people off the dribble because he gets offensive fouls all right. the time. Just be out there. Be on the floor because he's crazy important for what we do, and he's going to be. Like, if we're going to make a true run, Jaron needs to be, like, way up on the list of impact, but it doesn't have to be, like, a second-leading score impact. Yeah. It has to be impact elsewhere, and I think we're starting to see that. And, yeah, Bain, like, every time it left his hand, I was like, of course that's going to go yeah. in. 
not even that, but like getting to the rent, like I just, and Bane is like here for the moment, which I also love. I think we need to shift the way we think about Jaron's role on this team moving forward. And to Jaron and Kat's perspective, I guess the only encouraging thing is Jaron's still 22 years old. Kat's like seven or eight years in the league. He's 26. Like he's been around for a lot longer. Maybe Trip can grow into something, but right now we need to view those roles differently. Yeah. Yeah, and to your point, like we can't risk in the playoffs Jaron picking up a cheap offensive foul. That's like the number one reason maybe yep. to stop him, like not try to ask him to do too much offensively. Let him be in the right spots and go like make hustle plays offensively because we need him defensively more so than anything else because it just time. makes up such a it makes up such a big amount for our team. Him and Brandon Clark, him and BC at the four and the five are just they're terrifying. Like they're both everywhere all the time. They contest every shot at the rim. They can switch on the perimeter on every ball handler. Like they're just everywhere. Yep. Them two together is such an advantage. Honestly, in any matchup we have moving forward, Jaron just has to be on the floor. He has to be. Will, do you think we can smell blood? Do you think the Wolves will bounce back? I mean, Kat's already talking about how he's going to go home and decompress by having a couple glasses of wine. Um, <laughs> is that yes. true? <laughs> so, Vito? Listen, at this point, like, it's advantage <laughs> us. It's advantage us. Like, it doesn't matter. We just took back home court. Like, it doesn't matter what they say about what they're going to do. We just stole back home court, and it doesn't, like, we are in control at this point. So I don't think that it's necessarily something that will depend on the Wolves just, like, level of play at this point it's all dependent upon us because totally. we have shown that it doesn't matter what they're gonna do it matters how we respond to it and it matters how we approach the game and so like i think if we get this win in game four this series is over it is over the and forum so, like, in game five is truly gonna burn to the ground if it we is win can game we four. while we're it talking is. about this devin walker um joggles friend of the pod sort of devin walker <laughs> he knows we he, he has a joggle shirt, so that kind of counts. <laughs> he tweeted that the Timberwolves DJ joked at the end of the game, quote, I can't wait to play whoop that trick. It's going to go viral. <laughs> Dude, that tweet's going on like the Jumbotron in the forum. That, yes, a part of that is going viral, <laughs> not in the way he intended. Exactly, exactly. Well, listen. I, I have uh, some apologies. Oh yeah, apology tour, and then we'll close it so, out. Close it out. I don't. We're not stopping this pod. We're going till midnight. <laughs> I Come still have on. a lot. Let's go, baby. Have a lot of smoke to talk about from Twitter, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fun of this game. It's just rehashing all the Twitter stuff. Let's open but, it up. Yeah. Do we have any call-ins? Do we want people to like? <laughs> <laughs> I could probably yeah, open up the phone post, lines. post yeah, the Riverside to our Slack channel and see if anybody wants to jump in <laughs> and ask any questions. For, I'm not kidding, actually. Um, hey, I will shout out Kraft, though, before you do apologies. Kraft said four different times they're going to let us yeah, back Will in. you time, time stamp steady. it? They're going to let time us Time stamp in. his t- – the first time he said that, I was like, dude, shut up. I'm so mad at you for even saying that. <laughs> Yeah, it was so yeah, it was stupid. He was like not concerned. Okay. Okay, so first off, y'all I'm going to start my first apology um is is to is to Brandon Clark because last year I was really 
I was really harsh on the boy, and I don't really know if if I ever like. I mean, I've sang his praises um, some this season, but maybe not in an official capacity. That admitted fault um, for being so harsh on him, and I still think that there's a chance that we sh- should use him to upgrade to other positions if needed. But Take he's back. amazing, like, and I'm fully apologizing for. That's no, like no, 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 no. He's so good that, like, he, he, but like, a lot of teams could benefit from having him as we are, and like, and last year I doubted how good he could be. I think in a playoff capacity. Um, so this is my full apology to him tonight the way like he y'all know that one of the ways this is not an unpopular way to judge people um, from an intuition perspective but it's just like when they shoot I feel like it's going in and like Brandon has earned like to me every time he gets that like little floater it's like it's got to be 99% in my mind like him and Bane like it's just going in Tyus now from three is that way Um, it just feels like it's going in every single time so this is my official apology. Brandon Clark, you're the man. I can't wait to see you starting in game four. Um, um, Brantley here in, in uh, Central Gardens is really <laughs> wants to apologize. We accept your apology. I'll tell him Appreciate you said it. so. And, uh, this, next apolo- yeah. this next also, apology, this again, next apology um, is just going to be quick. T. Jink, I did not think that you had it in you. Mm. I did game, game two. I didn't think it, you had it in you with Steven Adams. I sort of even halfway thought that maybe you just lucked into benching Steven Adams because of that flagrant foul. And then it just sort of works. You were like, we'll just ride with it. I definitely didn't think that you had it in you to like not start in this game and do a DNP. So my bad, like I, you are being really humble and saying you're not really sure how we made it happen. That's a hilarious quote. So great. Um, it's so sort of great. cute actually. And I'm jealous of your beard. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> third apology. And, and y'all know that this is one that I like, I can't believe that I'm here. And it's, it's to worst haircut in the league. Dylan Brooks. DB. Because I'm willing to put up with all the ish in the regular season and the stupid stuff and the shooting layups from the wrong foot for playoff Dylan because we need it. And it's so clear. And I have been wrong about him, I think. I didn't think that he could do it two playoff seasons in a row. He's doing it. He's still he he's he's himself, and he's kind of trick or treat like you know like ta in a sense, but in a different way. And I'm apologizing, man. Like you, that step back, you've you've won me over, and I'm I'm officially apologizing to the Dylan Brook fans, and and um, I don't really have a better way to say this except I'm just. I'm not going to be a hater anymore. I may be a criticizer because I'm even criticizing Ja for how stupid he was tonight at times. But Dylan, here, please accept my official apology. Um, my apology tour is over. I have to, on, on that note, I have to shout out your brother, Andrew, 
Andrew Davidson on our on our Grizz Slack channel. Quote at 8:53 p.m. I'm gonna go crazy if DB shoots another shot tonight. <laughs> An hour later, he hits a dagger. Step back over Towns. Oh, it's just that so was beautiful. Also, that was so, a 50 chance, by the way. That ball is an air ball. Like it, it could have been. Oh, air ball. Was, his eyes were closed. <laughs> you well, see his the rim. Might have been in his eyes. I'm not really sure. <laughs> Gosh, so oh. amazing. Gosh, well, listen, we have. Um, I don't know if it's going to get much better than this right here, where it's just. A 26-point comeback in a game that we had no business of winning and in a series that is actually more consequential than the next series will be uh, at the end of the day because this is the one that will just sort of cement our status in the league. And uh, here's to game four on Saturday night. Listen, let's just go ahead and get it done in five. Um, Let's make quick work of the Wolves. They have shown that they are mentally weaker. Uh, they are not the better team. We are the better team in all respects. And uh, let's just get it done. Um, it's it's time. Guys, any final notes before we get out of here? I don't know when I'm going to sleep. Can't wait to mark it up Saturday. That's right, 9 Can't p.m. wait. It's going to be a beautiful late night. It's going to be a uh, a game that will have the potential to make Game 5 just a beautiful celebration of this Grizzlies team. Um, If there isn't anything else, this has been an emergency Game 3 podcast that was worthy of a pod. For Brantley, for Ty, for Grizzlies fans everywhere, I'm Will. This has been another edition of the Grizz Den Pod. We will talk to you very soon. Go Grizz! Whoop them.